welcome to All Things Erie from Erie PA. This is your host, Kathy, and I am welcoming you to episode 12. And uh, you're I'm coming to you from my kitchen, back in my kitchen. Can't say that I'm not happy about that. Being in the bedroom was a little bit uncomfortable. Not saying the bed's not comfortable, but whenever you're trying to sit up in bed and trying to do things, not exactly the easiest, but... Anyways, trying to get a couple things done the next couple weekends. We are um, going to have our granddaughter with us. So needless to say, everything is going to be put on hold for a little while. And um, not the podcast, but I'm trying to get uh, several done in a row. That way I can just upload them. So the next few days... Uh, today, tomorrow, and next week, it's going to be uh, crunch time on doing some research. I have some stories lined up, some very interesting ones, actually, and getting that research done and getting it written and uploaded, taken care of so it can be viewed, uh, not viewed, listened to. So all I have to do is hit upload to the various platforms we're on, it'll be a lot easier that way. So the next, like I said, the next couple of days, it'll be, it's, it's crunch time. I'm actually taking a personal day today because I woke up a little bit sick. Like I said, viruses running around so much fun. Whenever you work with kids, they're like, they're, it's like working in a Petri dish. Never know what you're going to get. Not like chocolate. Uh, Petri dishes are a whole lot different, but Anyways, since the last time, New Year's, not a whole lot's been going on on this front except for some snow. We woke up to a couple inches out this way. Not going to lie, I'm okay with that. Usually we get hit with uh, six inches plus, which is considered a dusting out here. And the city itself got hit with a few more than what we did. Again, I'm okay with that. We only had about two or three. So, and then this weekend, it's supposed to be back up in the 50s. So that being said, again, I'm okay with that. Even though I don't do the shoveling or anything like that, my partner does. He was up early this morning. He uh, got that all taken care of. And we have somebody who goes through and plows real early in the morning so we don't have to worry about being plowed it pays to live near a um, sitting representative not gonna say who but thank you anyways housekeeping as always just as all of our other episodes just a reminder if this is your first time listening thank you added was it we added North Carolina, we added Canada, we added Kentucky, and this time New Zealand. Uh, So thank you very much. I appreciate everyone who's listened. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed doing these. The other thing is I added Instagram to the to the accounts, to the platforms. You can find it under Kathy, B-R-D-L-Y. It's just Bradley without the vowels. Um, I can tell you it's so much fun whenever I'm doing these things because everybody wants to automatically add the A and the E. The other thing, Twitter, it's at Kathy, B-R-D-L-Y, podbean.com, as always, all things Erie from Erie PA, Facebook, it is fb forward slash dot m 
at all things eerie and then obviously Spotify. Again, I really appreciate anybody who's been listening to the podcast. I really, like I said, I really hope that you've been listening and enjoying. If you go to any of these platforms, please like us. In the beginning, my daughter was supposed to be uh, doing this with me. It getting together at this time is really difficult getting our schedules linked up and stuff like that. Not only that, both of us have been sick. If it's not her, it's me. <laughs> so it's been, it's been tough. The other thing also is if you, if you really do enjoy it, please, please let someone of uh, one of your friends know. And again, I hope they enjoy it. I'm, I'm glad that you guys have been listening to it. So let us jump right into episode 12. This one here is uh, called Moonsham Castle in Austria. It's also known as the Witch's Castle. I thought this would be a nice uh, deviation from the last episode on episode 11. This one here is, in here in America, we had um, witch trials. And uh, we will, if you go to the first one, and, and I know it's listed as Salem with trials, because of uh, my my own issue with not catching the witch part. But the Salem witch trials in uh, Massachusetts uh, are the, f- the most famous ones here in America. But the witch trials in Austria at Moonsham Castle could be listed as the bloodiest. The thousands of people were accused of witchcraft and brought to Moonsham Castle centuries ago, where they were tortured in the dungeon. And some, I mean, reading some of it, it was just, it, I, I couldn't believe it. They were tortured in the dungeon. Some of them were, and there were a hundred out of that, those thousands of people, 139 of them were killed. Now, some background on Moonsham. It is located near Uttenberg in the Lungau region of Salzburg in Austria. Now, the Spur Castle, and a Spur Castle is, I wrote down some definitions on this because even I, was, I wasn't quite sure on it, so I wrote it down to, to be positive. Uh, it's a type of uh, fortification used during the medieval times where the defensive features of the castle, uh, it was located on the spur of a hill or a mountain uh, where the defensive, the defense of the castle was on three sides of the castle were used by a hillside where you could not have, you could not reach that castle on three sides of it because of whether it was uh, up against a very steep hill or it was surrounded by water, you only had to worry about the defensive position of one. So it was very, very ingenious. And there's some examples of spur castles, the Teutonic Knights, uh, Munfert Castle, the Alamut Castle in Persia, Alcazar of Segovia in Spain, and Stirling Castle in, in Scotland. Uh, you would be able to see it right away what they're talking about whenever you look at these castles. And when I go to post this in Facebook, there are a couple of the Facebook posts that I need to add pictures for. I will add those pictures of those castles that I that I spoke of just so you can get an idea of what a spur castle is. Okay, so Moonsham was possibly built on a, Ro- a Roman castrum. 
and a Roman castrum during the Roman, uh, Roman Republic time or the Roman Empire. It was uh, the word castrum is a Latin word for what is a, a building or a plot of land that was used as a fortified military camp. Now, the castle was first documented in the in 1191 deed, and it was seized by the prince arch, archbishops of Salzburg about 1285 and from the 14th century onwards served as the residence of Escobar Burgrave. Now the Burgraves uh, was since the medieval period in in Europe the official title for a ruler of a castle, uh, especially a royal or Escobar castle and its territory called a Burgraf, Burgrafate. Their Burgraf was a count in rank, which is the German term, equipped with a judicial powers under the direct authority of the emperor or king. And then under the rule of Leonard von Kutschart from 1495, the castle was rebuilt and extended in 1520, which it became an, an administrative seat of the Lungau region and was besieged during the German Peasants' War of 1524 to 1525. And Archbishop Wolf Dietrich Reynau stayed here on his flight from Salzburg in October 1611, shortly before being captured. All right, so Moonsham Castle served as an administrative center during the Zopperjacki witch trials between 1675 and 1690. This is where we get into these witch trials. The Zabberjacky the Zabberjacky witch trials, also known as the Magician Jackals process, took place in the city of Salzburg, which was one of the largest and most famous in Austria, like I said earlier, and it led to the execution of those 100 those 139 people out of those thousands that were brought in and tortured and it was the most unusual witch trial because the majority of its victims were of male gender which if you look at other witch trials it's mostly female <clears throat> now in 1675 this is this is how it started a barbara kohler was put on trial for theft and sorcery in Salzburg together with her partner, Paul Kethenpacher. Now I'm going to repeat his last name, Kethenpacher. During the torture, Barbara confessed, and well, let's face it, I mean, who's not going to confess to, you know, just about anything? And we talked about that in Angels and Demons when people were being put into, you know, under torture to confess to, about you know, making a, a deal with a devil in, about under torture. Uh, she confessed that her son, Paul, who, who was another Paul, his name is Paul Jacob Kohler, had a pact with Satan. Again, you know, we which we covered before about whether or not if you could make a pact with Satan or the devil, if you will. And now in some research, the son Paul Kohler. Some was said that he was son. He was the son of a farmer, and in another one, it was said that he was the son of an executioner's apprentice uh, assistant. So you know, it, you you take what you will out of the uh, out of the research that's done because this is this is from a time period that a lot of people you know the records were destroyed and stuff. With both Kohler and Kalfenpacher being tortured, Kalfenpacher confirmed what Barbara had said 
and went on to describe Jacob, Paul Jacob, as a man of 20. Now he's saying the son of an executioner's assistant. So if he was, I mean, this wasn't a very popular position. I mean, in any culture, being anywhere near that type of position was not very popular. If he was that, the son of the executioner's assistant, growing up was probably rough. And then Barbara said that uh, she had taught her son her profession of begging, theft, and fraud. Barbara Cullerin was executed in August of 1675, and the authorities then issued a warrant for the arrest of her son, who would later become known as a wizard jackal or a magician jackal or just the jackal. And little did the authorities know that the type of hysteria that was about to ensue, nor did they realize that with just a few whisper of some rumors how a young man's life would change. Now, during this time period, this era was the reign of Emperor Rudolf II, who was Prince Leonard von Kutschartz, ruled over him and had to implement any decrees that the emperor said. So if he said, I want everybody to wear green, everybody had to wear green, or he had to risk the emperor's displeasure. Now, Emperor Rudolf II was also known as the Mad Alchemist. Anybody who has mad in their name usually doesn't turn out to be very good. He was moody, depressed, and had rage issues, which honestly sounds like most teenagers I know. Breathe in their general direction and start a war with your household or, you know, get that death scare. It is what it is. But anyways, back to Rudolph II, he was the product of first cousins. Now, I went back and I looked up because royalty did intermarry with royalty and they usually stayed within first and second cousins. So I wanted to make sure who his parents were and who his grandparents were. His parents were Maximilian II and Maria of Spain. Grandmother was Joanna the Mad, who she herself is a story altogether, maybe down the line doing a story on her, but that could explain his mental stability because Joanna literally was unstable. And I mean, like I said, she's a story unto herself. Rudolph II eventually became a recluse but not before he made a declaration that anybody with a me- mental dysfunction himself excluded, of course, because, because nothing, you know, we can't have anything happening to the king, was a witch must, um, a witch must be burned at the stake if they're found with a, a mental dysfunction. A lot of times when royalty was found to have some kind of issue, those around him, like his, um, his advisors, would take over for him until he either had an heir or that heir was old enough to take over the throne for that parent. And at this time, the the son was not old enough to take over. So obviously the father being the recluse, it allowed the people who were his advisors to rule in his name until the son was able to take over. 
So what proof did you need to be proven unfit? Not a lot. Having a container of homemade ointment, the nerve. Having a child accuse you of being a witch. Now, I don't know about you, but my kids would have tantrums when they were little. And holy hell would rain down upon my home if something wasn't right. So God forbid if they got up on the wrong side of the bed. That cuppy was not right. Shit was going down. So you better make sure that that toddler was a happy ass camper. So, okay. Or just having a bone would seal your fate. You know, having a bone. I mean, I have two in my freezer right now. They're ham bones. I mean, who knows? I I mean, and I have two hams. I mean, I I just, I don't know. Maybe I want to make ham soup. Uh, You know, that would have been my thought process with this. I mean, that's just me. So I don't know. But those were three examples that they that they used that somebody could be found as not competent. Okay. So we were talking about you can accuse anybody. And I mean anybody. Anybody can accuse anybody. A kid can accuse another kid. A kid can accuse their parents, whoever. Now, the only people who were safe were children ages seven and under, you know, because you're going to have some kind of morals, right? So at this point, Barbara was tortured, confessed to being a witch, said her son was one, and then now the hunt's on for her son, Paul, Jacob Kohler. Now, regardless if he, uh, was the son of a farmer or an executioner's assistant. If what his mother said was true about him learning what her craft was, he learned it very well, and it was going to save his life. Paul Jacob Kohler was to become known as Wizard Jackal or Jackal, or Magician magician Jackal, or just the Jackal. In 1677, the government received news that the Jackal was dead. Then... They had arrested a boy named Dionysus Felder. He was a handicapped boy of 12 who was known as the Dirty Animal. I love the names in here. And who was known to have contact with the jackal only three weeks prior. And the Dirty Animal, quote unquote, Dionysus confessed that jackal was indeed the leader of gangs of poor beggars, children, teens, Which, of course, this news had spread to the entire archbishopric, which is the area. Because, think about it, his mom, that's what she did for a living. She begged, and, you know, she was a thief and a cut purse, which is what a lot of people used, and they they hung them on their belts. So, and what these, these people would do, these thieves, is they would have, like, little knives or little scissors, and they would, like, pick pickpockets today, they would bump up against someone and just cut that little purse and it would just fall off and nobody would know until they go to get their purse. And during these investigations, back to what we were talking about, you know, obviously use those terms loosely because their investigations was, they were just torturing people. Those confessions came out to only to lead to bigger myths of the jackal. Okay. One claimed he was able to make himself invisible 
another that he enchanted mice and rats, rats, which he used to control and ruin the harvest of farmers. And the jackal was also portrayed as a murderer. And the rumors made him look so cruel that the officials preferred not to capture him. Kind of like how people build up the, the image of Braveheart. He became the most famous wizard in the city's history and probably didn't even have a clue. At, and I keep imagining the scene from Harry Potter. You're a wizard, Harry. Paul or slash the jackal had also had a follower named Matthias Thomas Hansdorfer, which it was also rumored that jackal taught Matthias black magic, which then when the authorities heard about this, which began a search and destroy mission for both of them. But over all the witch trial, over all this, the witch trial developed into a great hunt for beggars, homeless and poor children, along with teenagers especially gangs that were targeted. Some were accused of causing bad weather from previous years. So before all of this, all these bad, you know, if they had a bad harvest or they had a couple of seasons of like years when we had our, um, those big, those really bad cold, cold, bitter cold winters, you know, all of a sudden now, oh, gee, they, they caused the polar vortex from five years ago. Why didn't, why wasn't it brought up then? Today, it was thought that Zobber Jackal was probably just a thief and a beggar and not even a murderer, let, or, let alone a magician. Okay, thousands were accused again during this time and they were imprisoned and tortured and branded with a poker that scarred them for life. And many, they had also, before they uh, branded them, they would chop off their hands. So until their dying day that they were marked for life that they knew what had happened to them and why. Kind of like wearing the A for an adulteress, but in a much, much horrible way. And like I said, out of those thousands, 139 people were executed as followers of the jackal. 39 were children between ages 10 and 14 years of age. 53 were teenagers and young adults, 15 to 21. 21 were of unknown age. 113 were of male gender, which these trials usually focus on women. So like I said, that's, that's a huge number of men or boys. Everyone except two were beggars. The youngest was Hanier, a 10-year-old boy. The oldest was Margaretha Reinberg. She was 80 years old. 109 were executed during 1681. And they were tortured and burned, some alive, others after having been hanged or decapitated, which I couldn't even. And a lot of times I made spectacles out of these. Others after having their hands cut off and marked with a burning iron. This was not a very happy ending for people who were, who were just trying to get by in this harsh world. I mean, because think about it. Back then, they, they may have had some type of orphanage but a, not a very good one. I mean, they didn't have foster systems. They didn't have anything that was state-run. Or if you didn't have family, if you didn't have anybody that was willing to take you in, you were, you were on your own. While I was researching this, I came across a little story. It has to do with the witchcraft in this region. I would like to read it to you. Once upon a time, every child born on August 18th would be tested for possible witchcraft. 
because according to local legend, an evil warlock was born on that day in 1638. The Schwarzenberg is a mountain in the middle of the Lungau near Castle Musham. People there say that long ago witches had lived in the mountain and came out of their caves at midnight. They wore white robes and danced on the meadow under the full moon. But only children can hear the music. In, Sal in Salzburg, all night long the witches danced, whispered, laughed, and quietly talked, and the dancing place of the witches was called Radar Tanzhug, or Dancing Hill. On that hill, the snow melted quickly in winter, and it was said that was because the witches danced the snow away. And witches, the witches, I thought about that the other day while I was talking to some co-workers. Had to do with women in different times in their lives. We got on to menopause, and it clicked with me. These weren't witches. They were women having hot flashes, and they were just trying to cool off. I mean, think about it. That's why the snow was melting so fast. They didn't have air conditioning back then. And it was the only time they could actually cool down. Because that's, think about it. How many people complain about why the office's air conditioning is up so high? Well, or turned down so low. And it's so flipping cool all the time. Or their grandmother, they hear their parents talk about it. Or their moms talk about it or whatever. And they're always like, don't you dare touch that air AC. Or don't you dare close that window. Don't you dare turn that fan off. It, it, it was women in menopause. And it was the only time they could cool off. Melting snow. I'm, I'm telling you. It, it totally clicked with me. I was, I was laughing. And then the kids, that only kids that could hear them. I mean, they're saying only some kids could hear them. There were kids that were listening. Kids hear everything. You don't want them to. And, and I mean, I know, you know what I'm talking about. Try it. If you, if you don't believe me, try this. Ask your kids about, pick a, pick a, pick a number. Ask them a certain amount of times uh, for whatever chore you want them to do. You know, like clean the room, wash, wash dishes, vacuum, dust, whatever. And see how many times you have to tell them before they actually do it. And then, and then say something about going to do something hey let's get ready we're gonna go do whatever one of their favorite things like go get ice cream go go to their favorite restaurant or whatever you know something and see how many times you have to tell them to do that guaranteed it's gonna be once they hear what they want to hear they hear and granted they they hear everything but they just choose to do what they want to do it's kids. I, that's why they are what they are. They're kids. And I, I'm just, they're kids. You know, but anyways, witches weren't the only issue that Moonsham had. Okay. If you go forward from 1690, after all the witch issues, you know, and there were some wars that went on for several centuries in Moonsham or around that area. Uh, in the 1800s, there was a problem with deer and cattle showing up in and around the castle that were mutilated. And, you know, my guess is it could have been a jackal, you know, because this is the 1800s. People were bringing things in from Africa and stuff like that. 
um, and they just let it loose and let it roam around to find some food or, you know, better yet, aliens well, could be Lo locals assumed, you know, which you, you know, you never do because it only makes you look like what, what no one could agree on whether or was whether or not it was local residents or castle residents who were the well werewolves. Yes, folks werewolves but as it is rumors started to spread that the suspected werewolves were rounded up and taken to the castle again shouldn't do that and then they were tortured and eventually killed in the dungeons so yes they had a were werewolf problem so you know it's it's uh witches for a while and then werewolves so they never really taught they never could pinpoint where the werewolf problem came from so but today the hotel's privately owned but it is open to the public and staff and visitors say they they have had instances of being touched and feeling someone's breath on them banging sounds phantom footsteps and doors being slammed shut and many speak about being uh seeing unexplained floating white mist in the torture chamber, many have felt hands touch their legs or their hair and legs. Others have said that an unseen presence came close to them. And, and this is the uh, area where people have felt people breathing on them. There have also been various voice recordings during EVP sessions in the castle. And, and I watched the ghost. It's like a ghost hunters. It's the uh, German version. Uh, it's called ghost ghost hunting uh, ghost circle I do believe that's what it was and there was and they were doing a, a EVP and it was um, they caught someone I want to say you're dead or something like that one of those things they these these people it was the whole shaky camera and for whatever reason it was focused on the women I don't know. And the guys had some, some ex, quote unquote experiences, but it was, it seemed to focus on the women a lot from what I saw and from what I could understand. Because like I said, it was a German even because I had to keep re reading the subtitles to understand what was going on. Well, and, and while there, they, uh, they showed the, they showed, so while there, they showed the shoot, the prisoners would be thrown down to hit this the hard cement floor there was also a drawing i couldn't make out the name because they said it in german but it was a drawing and it determined if you were to be hanged or torn in two by horses and i'll i'll post a picture of it and put it online and uh poachers were killed immediately and the gun, the gun was hung on the wall to represent the person killed. And like I said, this was all on that video that I had watched. And they had shown the wall of guns. And of course, as I'm doing this, I'm doing the whole hostess thing and showing you the wall. Uh, there were hundreds of guns on this wall. A lot of people got caught poaching. And then they had this iron brand that they showed about, they used it to specifically burn your eyeballs out. 
and it it took two two the two eyes out at once it would just push in and lift up and take the eyes boom i've watched those creepy castle videos over the years and i don't think i've ever seen anything quite like that i mean i've even watched the ones for that has the torture devices and stuff like that and I have never seen anything like that. I mean, this this castle was literally made to be torture. I, I mean, they. It, it, I mean, it. It's like they had torture down to a science, and this was over centuries that these devices were in there and implemented. So, I mean, could you imagine what those people were going through? Like the 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 ones that were being tortured to admit that they were witches and and like i said it didn't matter if as long as they confessed they had their hands cut off and they were still branded and they just confessed to get the pain to stop i mean that's all they did they just wanted they just wanted the pain to stop and they and they had that kind of i mean could you some of them probably still died from the, you know, shock afterwards. And they just don't count it because they did they weren't they weren't killed because of that. But they talk about there are people that go and they they do sign up for for tours at this place. And I had I had clicked on uh travel loss or no TripAdvisor. The people that had gone there, they all had given it five stars. They enjoyed it. They said that the people there were wonderful. They had a fabulous time. The place was beautiful. The food was fabulous. But they, but no, they didn't have any experiences. So, but now that was only three reviews, but at the same time, kind of gives you a little encouragement to still want to go back. And even they said that they, they would love to go back. They, they said the average guest only stays over an hour, but overnights are available. But like I said, when I accidentally, uh, clicked on the trip advisory advisor, the people that left their reviews couldn't speak highly enough of the place. So, but the castle is gorgeous. I mean, a lot of the stuff is in the same, uh, they have it, um, in, historical reference for for those time periods and i mean like i said it's very beautiful but at the same time very scary i mean just walking through it you can just seeing the pictures it was it was very interesting to look at but the torture devices you didn't even have to be there you could just tell that it was very uncomfortable i wouldn't want to wouldn't want to have been there so, but anyways, that's my story for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And this is Kathy signing off.